Hello, Dr. Leitman. Hello, Owen. I want to talk to you about different current events. Please, go ahead. You got a letter from a viewer. He says, Hello, Dr. Leitman. I'm turning to you because of a hard crisis that I'm going through. A few years ago, I built a business with a childhood friend. Many people told us to have an agreement with a lawyer that will define exactly what will happen in every situation. For us, it was so strange to involve lawyers in agreements. We're like brothers. In the first two years, everything was fine. But after we had some kind of mishap in the business, things started deteriorating, started with mutual accusations, then the trust between us was shot. And today it's hard to say, but we really hate each other. What can I tell you? It's finishing me. Maybe you have some advice for me? It's natural because we're all egoists. If our ego, the ego of each of us, feels good, then, you know, we're, we're in it. If it's bad, if the situation's bad, then we run away from it. And that's what happened to you. And it's something very natural. If you'd like to stay friends like before, then you shouldn't have opened a joint business, for starters. Yeah? So who will a person open a business if not with a childhood friend? Who can you trust? No one. So you'll never open a business? A business isn't built on trust in your partner. A business is built on that you sign agreements. And then, if it's good to keep the business, you advance, and if not, then you leave. Were I to open a business today with someone, obviously I'd prefer to open it with someone that I trust. No, no, that's not good. That is not enough. And it completely confuses in regard to building a business. A business needs to be opened with someone who has different conditions the egoistic, correct egoistic, good, correct egoistic material conditions to open a business and that you try to make the agreement in such a correct way that it will be worthwhile for each of you to participate and develop your ties further and further. Everything's not built on us playing together ball in childhood, but that now we understand that to play in the same business is to our benefit in every moment. So going back to this question, maybe you have some advice for me. He already made the mistake to open and rebuild the relations and not to mix what we had in childhood in it. How does he do it? How does he reopen the relations when there's hate? I don't know if it's possible. 
It's not simple. I don't know. I think that they should go to some good lawyer for him to build them a system of correct egoistic relations that they will be able to sustain. And they know that only this way they can continue together, otherwise they can't. Meaning, still, here there's some kind of foundation from before for building something new. Thank you. Dr. Leitman, did you ever hear about deep fake? About what? Deep fake. No, then I'll tell you. Fake, you know, fake news. We live in that kind of world. Today there's a new technology called deep fake. What does it do? It can take any character of any person, his image, and to plant words in their mouth and to create a video where you see me saying things that I never said in my life. Experts say that in a short period of time, this technology will reach a level where you will not be able to tell the difference that this video is fake. Fine. What do you mean, fine? It could distort the entire world on all levels. And along with it, it might correct it. What do you mean? What does it matter what someone says about me? To begin with, what I need to, to hear, I need to believe. What for? For politicians, for no. But we believe only those things that are right in front of us and not those that come through SMS, through uh, videos or whatever. But the world's becoming much more real. What do you mean real? You'll believe only those that you'll see them speaking on the town square. A judge has only what his eyes see. So they confuse you. No, eyes means that it's right in front of me. On your phone, on your mobile, you see a mo- No, that's not eyes. This is not eyes. You know, they can do such tricks even now. So what does it bring us back to? To the truth. To the Stone Age. No, no. To the truth. That all these things that where people want to confuse each other, that they no longer work. We're smarter than that. We're smarter. Yeah. I don't believe anyone or anything. Don't send me some SMS, some postcards, some I don't know what you call it. I'm not taking it. I'm not, I'm not accepting it. As simple as that. Wars can break out as a result of some sounded threat in a fake video, for example. And you'll think that a certain country is going to war against you. Then I needn't think. Really? Very simple. It's very good. The more we discover that everything's fake, the more we're advancing toward a state where the the entire world is fake, what we hear, what we see, and that there's no truth, but what we lie to ourselves. How will we live that way? We live that way now too. Only then it'll be clear to us that we're living in a lie.
Next topic. Not long ago, the IDF shot down three drones, uh, three Hezbollah drones that approached our gas rig. They were shot down with the help of fighter jets and warships when I heard about it. I thought to myself, this is crazy. The Hezbollah, for no money, for zero cash, built these drones, and we, to take them down, spend millions. Now, who, who pays it? You and I do. It comes from our pocket. How can we already get rid of the Hezbollah once and for all? What can we do? To send missiles, not against those drones made of paper and who knows what, and cardboard, but to the place from where they are activated. Okay, you send missiles against them. We've already been there, done that. You'll send missiles against them. They'll send something in return. You'll send more. They'll send more. Eventually, you'll have no choice. If you'll have to go in there physically, then it's lots of casualties. And for us, each casualty, it's like my son, your son. It's not someone somewhere that dies and our heart will break. We're, we're already tired of it. That's not the war that I mean. The war that I mean is a real missile war that they will understand that we don't want to suffer any more from them. What is a real missile war? That we will give our blows properly without taking nothing into consideration. Without taking no one into consideration. Only this way do you put them in place. Do you think it will calm them down? It will calm them down. And the main thing is that before that, you need to calm down their friends that are sitting in our government. For how long a strong blow can give us quiet? As much as it lasts. And after that again, and again, but no one will dare do something against us. So you see no solution besides force, real force. Real stronger and stronger force. And also our attack on the spiritual level that we connect with each other and from our connection we build a spiritual fence wall that no one can harm us how do we build this kind of wall out of love and connection between Jews between Jews, not Jews and Arabs, Jews and Christians, someone with someone, no. Between Jews. Do you think that it can really protect us? If we'll be able to reach it, then it will. What do you mean, if? If we'll be able to build it. If we'll be able to build the connection between Jews. As the Wisdom of Kabbalah explains, such a connection 
that will really be from heart to heart. No one will be able to harm us. Why? Because we will be under the upper force. What do you mean? Now we're not under it. We'll be protected by the upper force. Now we're not. God doesn't want to protect us? No, He doesn't. Otherwise, this is what would happen. Why doesn't He want to? Because we don't want it. For Him to protect us? No, we don't want to be connected between us. So much so that He will protect us. God wants for us to be connected. We're each other, between us, and ties of mutual love. All of Israel are friends. Love another as yourself. This is what will protect us. This is what will protect us because in these kinds of ties between us, the upper force will also be close to us. Thank you very much. For years, Portugal allowed many Israelis to obtain a Portuguese citizenship and passport, but now it has decided to tighten the criteria for getting citizenship. This means that many Israelis will not be able to get a European passport. I have a friend, he's a father of four, a businessman, he got a passport, he's going to buy a house there, and he says, I need to ensure myself that if something happens, that I'll have where to go. Is that a, a smart move? Do you think that every Israeli who can, because not all of us can, but anyone who can should organize another passport for himself? I believe what it says in the Torah, that... If a Jew wants to hide, no place on earth will help him. There too, the Creator and none else besides him will get him, discover him, and get him out of there. Out of all of these hiding places. Look, Israel is under constant security threat from all sides. Iran, North, South, you name it. From the inside, there's no more dangerous place than this. So if a person has an alternative, it gives you some quiet. Because, you know, a mess could begin here in a day, in a jippy. There's an alternative. Don't you think that it's smart to... No, no, I don't think so. No, I'm not talking about moving, but to have it on the side just in case. No. What gives you this calm that you're here? That I'm tied to the upper force. I try to do what he wants for me. And this is the safest insurance. I want that insurance too. Where do you buy it? You buy it and coming closer to the wisdom of Kabbalah. What does Kabbalah give? Insurance? Insurance for what? Based on what? That you know the general system of how the Creator governs the world and how it activates everyone you know the plan of creation. Where is everything headed? And what are we supposed to come to? You know everything. 
You know, for you, there's no, there's nothing that's hidden. And besides that, if so, and you die, and your family, God forbid, and something, then what? All in all, you are in nature, and it will happen to you and your relatives for sure. How do you want to exactly promise your good future and that you buy a life insurance forever? For sure not. So, calm down. Look, even if I'll know all these things that you just said, I'll understand life fully. How will that help me if a mess breaks out here in Israel? Suppose you have, you'll have an option to run away to Portugal, but now they're closing that option, so less Israelis will be able to go there. So go to Ethiopia, I don't know where. Go to South America. It's not... Wherever you go, anti-Semitism, the upper hand will get you. So it says... So a Jew has no place to hide in this world? No, for sure. For sure he doesn't. All these tricks are over already. A Jew can hide only in one thing. Under the wings of divinity. It's something that you say when people die. I remember that it's written. And you say it in a ceremony when someone dies, so they'll be protector under the wings of divinity. But what about us that are still alive? Also, before you go, you can hide under the wings of divinity, meaning that you are included in the upper, in upper providence. In providence, you are in addition with the creator. And what's bad about that? It's safer than Portugal. All right, moving on to our next topic. Thank you. President Biden is expected to announce during his visit to the region next month the establishment of an Israeli-Arab-American defense alliance that will address the Iranian threat. The alliance will include Israel, the Gulf states, Saudi Jordan, Egypt, and the U.S. It seems like the beginning of the days of the Messiah, a military alliance with Arab countries that until not long ago saw Israel as an enemy. Who'd believe that something like that would happen in our time? Can we relate to this as the beginning of redemption? And Biden's the Messiah. I don't know if it's him, but... Nah, nah, nah. It's all... Really, it's a joke. Why? Because what do they know about what will happen tomorrow? We already had such messiahs. There were those that already came here with their peace agreements with Jordan, with Egypt. We had that already. And what? Any such agreement brings you closer to a state of less wars. Look, I'm not ruling it out. I'm not. But it's not that I have doubts. I'm certain that all of these agreements will give nothing. Because what we're demanded, what we're required to do is to be in peace with each other. 
to the measure that Jews are in peace with each other, to that measure can they determine peace in the entire world. And only. And not in any other way that we'll see peace on the horizon altogether. You know, I thought about it, that the fact that Iran is threatening both us and the Gulf countries, for example, maybe it's good for us, because it brings them closer to us. It's always that way. It's always done that way, by providence, that there's no real evil. But, you know, on the one side it is, on the one side, on the other side it isn't. A new Middle East is something that we're dreaming about for years, saying that this could be a prosperous area with growth and, you know, real heaven. Do you think that we're advancing there? Because you already see we're joining some kind of alliance together. Recently, friends of mine were in Dubai, we're doing business with them. Do you think that we're advancing toward a better place? If we're advancing toward understanding the purpose of creation, that we need to be connected with each other and to explain to the rest of the world about this plan and how to reach it, then it's good. But if it's just because of some agreements that we need to sign some papers, then, you know, it won't work. You pin the success of these agreements in the Middle East that there will be, first of all, cooperation here in Israel? Of course. Jews are to blame for all wars, for all the hard things that happen, for all collisions in the entire world. That's what Kabbalah says. That's what Kabbalah says. Why are they to blame? Because they are the representatives of the nations of the world in relation to the one upper force, that if they will be connected in a good way, then there will be calm and tranquility and peace the world over. And if not, then the entire planet, it might explode, but there will be no peace. What kind of alliance need we Israelis sign with each other? Between us. Very simple. We need to live amongst ourselves and love another as yourself. Why you immediately... Well, you don't look especially naive. So leave peace, let peace be, leave it alone. That's why I relate to all of these peace agreements that way. Because all these peace agreements, they're good only in order to bring us to to bring us to the need for love another as yourself, by which you promise yourself and the people of Israel and all of us peace, tranquility. And you won't need to go to Portugal then. Do you think that Jews can live and love another as yourself amongst them? I'm not sure, but that's the condition. Thank you. Thousands of people in Israel are living on the street. Many of them are dealing with mental problems, drug addiction, chronic illnesses. One of them is Hila. She's 21. She's a prostitute, a drug addict, and she says, what will help me right now is a good family that will take me from here. I'd like to have a place to sleep, 
that I'll have a job, that I'll have a normal routine, a normal day routine. And my question is, what can you tell Ilah in order to strengthen her? I don't know. I'm not familiar with this case. You need to adjust. It needs to suit this woman, but in general, you need to find her a place of work. You need to arrange a place where she can sleep and that there are a few more women like her that are already headed toward correction and for them to support each other. In the past five years, there is a 50% increase in the number of homeless people. I have a friend that has this NGO that helps people find houses, a place to live, and she says that it's very hard to work with homeless people because even if you give them a home, suddenly they can go back to the street, to alcohol, to drugs, to be sucked back into it all. Of course. In your opinion, in such places where you collect people off the street, actually, what could be added there in order for it to last, for it to really get them out of there? To give them drugs? You won't get any other answer from me. Unless you give them drugs, they'll run away. But instead of one drug, give them another drug. Explain, talk, fill their life with something and start reducing the drugs that they use gradually. But it's a big problem. It's still drugs. It's something that a person can't withstand. What can society offer these people? Society, the Israeli society, the way it is now, can't offer them nothing. Why? I don't see in the Israeli society any kind of anchor that really takes these people and builds and turns them into a part of society. No, don't see it. Won't happen. What can be such an anchor? First of all, there's need to build an Israeli society. And afterwards, next to the Israeli society, to build another society for those people, for those homeless people, for those that are addicted to drugs, those that are engaged in prostitution. What do you mean by building an Israeli society? To have a society that is in ties of love and connection and mutual support where people rise above the pit that they're all sitting in and then by these people will we be able to build something? Will it be possible to lift the person off the street to such a society? Of course, he'll see what they're living off, what they want, what is their goal, what is their future, how do they live, what fills them?
So instead of really suppressing the current situation, they will want the future somewhat, at least somewhat, another percent, another one. Is there something that can fill a person more strongly than drugs? There's the potion of life and the potion of death. It's possible. It all depends on society. Society can influence a person in a way that he will not be able to disconnect from society. Why? Because in society there's a force called the surrounding force that a person will want to belong to it, not to detach from that force not to disconnect from it. That The drug pulls a person to disconnect from reality, but he won't want to disconnect from reality. What will connect him to it? What will connect him to it is that he belongs to society and that along with it, he gets the so-called surrounding force that he gets from them and it fulfills him, envelops him, and what does it depend on? On the measure to which he belongs to society, society belongs to him, that it's strong, that it's loyal to its values. What kind of force is that? It is a force that if everyone, well, not everyone, but part of the people that are connected, that they accumulate in their connection the upper force that is really warm, strong, appealing. And a person, even though that he's in drugs, he can't leave it. You can build it. It's possible. Only you need to work on it. Thank you. The state controller said at a cyber conference, and I quote, I must share with you a pessimistic statement. We are exposed. The citizens of the world have no protection. Our data is visible to too many people. Our money, our children, our health, our security, everything's exposed. World War III will be a cyber war that the world is not ready for. I wanted to ask. It seems every technological advancement we make is producing new threats we never imagined could exist. What's missing so that we can safely enjoy the fruits of technology? To be in love another as yourself? That's it? And what does that have to do with anything? This is what will protect you. What does it have to do with technology, with technological advancement? That is technology, the real cyber technology, that you're open to everyone, and that's how everyone is toward everyone else, but no one enacts anything bad, but only good upon each other, toward each other. I'm not delusional or anything, but there's no choice, and therefore I really hope that through these kinds of revelations, like cyber and other technologies, we will reach a state where there is no way back. You have no choice. No one can hide inside uh, their hole or something. No. 
but to only open the heart, each to everyone. And this will promise the well-being of the world. You know what came to mind when I read these things were going back to the days where we kept money under the floor? Simplest thing. Cyber, no cyber, the dollars are under the floor. But besides dollars, well, first of all, that, you know, to have cash. Nah, cash won't be used anymore. My son pays with his phone, everything he does with his phone. But if there's a cyber war, everything will collapse. That's why your cash, your dollars won't be accepted anywhere. No one will have it. And if they will, then it won't be in use. So how to prepare for such cyber collapse? to open the heart and to be sure that everyone treats you favorably with love. But who treats anyone favorably nowadays? Otherwise, stop worrying. Stop worrying. Calm down. Because it has no, there's no weapon against it. Parents in India gave their son an ultimatum, a grandchild within a year or a $650,000 compensation. Again, parents in India decided to give their son an ultimatum, a grandchild in a year or a $650,000 compensation. The parents claim in their lawsuit that they spent all of their savings on his education, raising him as their only child, and his big wedding. Six years went by since the wedding, and there's no baby in sight. The lawyer said that it's the dream of any parents to be grandparents, and it's cruel to prevent this from them. Can you understand these parents? Yes, I can. Why not? That they want grandchildren? So what if they want? You wait for a grandchild more than you wait for your son, for a child. But it's the life of their child. What kind? He owes it to his parents. He owes them a grandchild. What? It's I never heard about this kind of crazy ego. It's not an egoist, the craziness. They're acting naturally the way the world's unfolding. And they can demand it of them. They've invested in him on condition, so to speak, that he'll grow up, he'll be where they invested $650,000, they they claim. So they're expecting of him. And he has a wife. Yeah, he's married for six years already. And they don't want kids. No. So what do you do? That's what I'm saying. It's his life. No, 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 no. No way. I see you understand them. Sure I do. Kids are an investment. It's because you're a grown-up, because you're a grandfather yourself. So what, that I'm a grandfather? I'm not a grandfather yet. I think that what were I to interfere in my kid's life that way, what they did to me, I'm not interfering. But they are. Maybe that's how you see it. No, 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 no. No, they're not interfering. They're not. That's not considered interference. It's called support. That they want to have the proper relations between them and their son and grandchildren. I agree with them. 
Let's look at his point of view that he doesn't want to get, have kids. What kind of attitude does he have toward his parents and this in India? I understand that he doesn't want to meet their so strong will for grandchildren, at least one. And what about his wife? She doesn't want. Well, I don't think about it from this point of view. I mean, why why would they think about their parents? If they want children, they'll have. They don't. They don't. What does it have to do with the grandparents? Ah, very good. I wish you to feel that from your children, that they won't want children for themselves, and that you will come up to them and ask what's going on. Why don't I have grandchildren? They'll say, what's up? Let us be. We have a life of our own. We want to have fun. We don't care about your suffering. Well, obviously, it's sorrowful for the parents. But, you know, to what extent can they interfere in their children's life? As much as they can. As much as they can, they can intervene. Let's go to the other side. That couple that's married for six years in India, they're not planning on having children. I see that today, that's the style. Meaning in the past, a couple who had no children, it was a problem that was uh, treated in a thousand different ways and prayers and whatnot just to have a kid. Today, I say there's a new style. People don't want to have kids. Why do you think people today don't want to have children? Because they're egoists. And... They see no profit from the children. Making Having a child is not any kind of profit. To the contrary, it's a loss. And people do that calculation in advance. Sure, what do I need kids for? What will I have as a result? I'll have to get up at night, not to sleep at night, take them to the daycare center, doctors, medicine, more and more illnesses, this, that. What do I need it for? It's better that I and my dear wife that I love. But it's better that we travel to some Palma de Mallorca and we'll go on vacation there. And we won't work a lot. We don't need to work extra time, overtime. We don't need to run anywhere, get things for babies. What for? Have a good time. And then what? When they grow up, there's less problems. There's more. And when do we reach a state where we see some kind of good attitude from them? Never. So what for? I can be a lawyer for both sides, you know, for the parents and for the children. But what can you do? Actually, life is life. And that the parents have this kind of claim that they demand that from their son, court, the court will rule. I really don't know, you know. Where is this taking us? I understand both sides. Where is it taking us as a humankind? What kind of world will we have here in 10, 20 years? So there will be less people in the world. So what? In the past, I'm not talking about Adam and Eve and that's it, that that's what you had. But in this world, you had, suppose, a billion people. Then, in 
a few generations in 200 years will will come back down to a billion people. So there will be less pollution, and of course there will be plenty of apartments and opportunities. Uh, finally, I'll be able to buy an apartment for my kids. You'll get an apartment. You won't be need to. You you won't have to buy it. It seems like they're flipping our brain. What's going on? I am in favor of living as the world goes. Meaning that you need children, you need parents, you need all these things. Only to do it, don't do it in an exaggerated way, but in order to arrange your grandchildren and children and parents and everyone to arrange them in a good and nice way between them so that they will be able to connect and love to each other and everyone and that there will be peace, tranquility, and love on earth. Amen. Nothing to add. Thank you very much, Dr. Lightman. Good luck.